0: you don't you don't have to burn the (laughs) coral to have a a good time hello you are listening to great culture the podcast where we talk about wine pop culture and feminism i'm kim i'm sam and we hope you enjoy the show On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about cosy gaming, girl gamers, and the world of playing video games as a female or femme-presenting person. But before we talk about Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> slash the actual topic of this show, we've got some wine. Kim, you pick this one. What is it? Why is it here? Why is it going with gaming? Good question. Not sure I can answer all of those. Okay. It is the
1: Fête de Flavers, specially oh, selected that. Touraine Rosé off of the Loire Valley. Refreshing flavors of summer fruits with the del- delicate notes of raspberry. Mm. The reason I chose it is because we were supposed to record last week, which was mid heatwave yeah. in the UK, and we had a bottle of red for a different topic. And then we both went, "Don't want to." <laughs> yeah. What can we What can we talk about? And also mention rose. And so then we had a chat about we. You know, we wanted to do an episode on gaming for a while obviously there's the association between girl gamers and pink setups so mm. we felt it would pair nicely with a rosé pink rosé
0: headsets everybody yeah yeah but then
1: also sam mentioned to me a game that was kind of in the offing that is literally about being like a rosé shopper or maker yeah. or something <laughs> yeah so it seemed appropriate and that was specifically french rosé so i went and found a french rosé with a label that i liked perfect uh, tasting notes are inspired by France's myriad of regional flavour festivals Fête de Flavère celebrates the distinctive medley of local flavours that have propelled French cuisine to fame take your taste buds on a journey of discovery and save the delicacy and individuality of each region which if I wanted to make a really tenuous link mm-hmm. to games I could be like when you explore a map and you go to all the different places and a <laughs> yeah. medley of stuff but really Pink plonk to go with Sunshine
0: and and yeah! (laughs)
1: Hooray!
0: Tenuous.
1: My podcast can do what I want. Cheers. The most tenuous of connections.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Tastes like sort of very nothingy, nothingy pink. Yeah. Dangerous pink. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Oh, it's a bit fuzzy on the teeth. It's, it's a bit quite in sweet. the back of the back of the mouth. Mm. Is what I'm it's sweeter than our tingle. usual,
1: very dry. Like it's mm. definitely medium, I would say. It's
0: not as pale. Not that you know, color generally dictates flavor, but generally the paler, the drier, and this is kind of mid pink. Yeah, sometimes. this is definitely mid pink. Also, it
1: does say, match this terrain rosé with vegetable stir fry, salads, and meze plates. So it's very much like sitting on a terrace.
0: Oh, and then
1: my favorite part. Enjoy any day of the week. <laughs> well, we are
0: Don't Wednesday. Mind if I do, sir. <laughs> Enjoy whenever, anytime. So we've got some middle of the road pink. Uh, we'll see how that goes to accompany our talk about cozy gaming and gaming as a woman. So Kim, you 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 play games. You play video games, games of the video graphic variety. I do. What do you like to play, and why? It's a good question.
1: A variety of things. At the moment, and for the last several months, literally only Zelda. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Breath of the Wild specifically. I have not got all my hands on Tears of Kingdom yet. Historically, though, I've always liked the kind of traditional side scroll doing lots, going through all the levels. Yeah, so the original Aladdin game, Prince oh, of Persia, yes. Rayman. And
0: Rayman, yes! Yeah. Rayman yeah. was a
1: classic. And, you know, I like I like things to be fun, so I, I've i always liked like, Crash Bandicoot and stuff. And then yep. there's the sort of more slow-paced and slightly sleepy games like Animal Crossing and uh, The Sims, every Sims that ever was. I fucking <laughs> love The Sims. Things like Theme Hospital. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's so many more. And we've played a lot of really random games as well. There's a game that I have on the Switch, which is a little penguin, literally called like Going on a Hike or something. And he's just a little... Penguin that's going on hikes and flying off mountaintops and stuff and having the best time. He's having a great time. I think he's a penguin. He's probably not a penguin. Oh, to be a fictional bird, having the best time. So yeah, just like most of the games that I play now as an adult are of that more kind of like big, wide open spaces and very relaxing and you don't actually have to do a lot of...
0: So like an open world RPG? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stuff. Or... There's a couple of games that I play with my partner, including, I think I've mentioned it before, Gang Beasts, which is great <laughs> fun. Um, Tumbly Wumbly Marshmallow Men. Tumbly Wumbly Marshmallow Men. Mm-hmm. Or Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which is your like, cute little animals flying a spaceship. So yeah, like I like cutesy stuff quite nice. a lot. Cutesy or soothing or relaxing or, apparently, the daily monotony of life but someone else's life that I'm controlling.
0: <laughs> yes sims lets you realize a very you know outrageous world in which you can afford property with more than one floor yeah (laughs) and food and food and food and you can entertain and have people over and a swimming pool that you can leave people in and they drown yes exactly what about you yes uh yeah i'm a gamer as well i would classify myself as a gamer i play a Well, not a bit of everything, that's not true. I do enjoy the cosy, sleepy games. I enjoy some Animal Crossing. I enjoy some Sims. Although Sims can be as chaotic as you want to make it, which is quite fun. (laughs) I enjoy being God. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I enjoy those games. I enjoy uh, the open world RPGs. A big Skyrim fan. Big, yeah, I enjoy Zelda. Although I only started playing Zelda, really, with Breath of the Wild. I never played it before that. Oh, see, Um, I
1: definitely played it before that and was absolutely terrible. (laughs) <laughs> i was so bad i got stuck in the great degi tree oh no in ocarina of time but
0: anyway and um, you're still there legend has it you're still there to this day. <laughs> <I'm> still there <laughs> yeah i also enjoy yeah like more more of kind of the arpg stuff i suppose with things like assassin's creed far cry which i guess is sort of more on the first person shooter range but not quite yeah a bit of everything but i think the original kind of PS1 era of games is where it was started for me, like Crash Bandicoot, like you said, Spyro. Spyro will forever be like my number one game in the whole sort of early franchise of it anyway.
1: There's a very so important good. game that I haven't mentioned. Yeah. That was my, and is, and was my entire life
0: for. Banjo Kazooie. Yes. No. Pokemon. Pokemon! Yes. Yeah. It of just, course. you know what?
1: It felt so obvious that I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Like yeah. as a game. Yeah, and I think that's the thing like when hearing you talk about games and you as you said you identify very much as a gamer whereas I've always been like no I'm sort of a gamer but I like very specific games and I get really obsessed with them for like three months and then I put them down <laughs> I was always really I was also always really into like pc games so we had loads of really weird ones yeah that that no one's ever heard of like Cosmo and I mean we called it SSR it had an actual name
0: did you ever play daisy's garden no oh i had this sorry i I just completely interrupted no i love i had this this obsession a while ago so i would go i I didn't have a pc until like quite late not late in life but late in life comparatively and whenever i go to my friends we play on the the pc and she had daisy's garden and it, it was this thing where you would like build you'd build a world it was sort of eight bit you know, yeah, thing, and you build these levels, and then you'd have to go through the levels. But there were things like marmots that would try and eat you. Wow, you had to cross water. There were, de- there were like, it was just this weird little thing. And I could not remember the, n- the name for the life of me, and it took me about two weeks to find out what it was called. But yeah, no, anyway. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the thing the more
1: I talk, the more I'm like, oh that my god there was uh, the pinnacle of gaming i.e. the first game that we probably ever played, which was Asterix and Obelix. The yeah, PC
0: game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, looks like Rain. <laughs> Zoom Beanies. Did you ever play Zoom Beanies? No. no. That no. was like a school computer game. I did
1: play though the Sabrina game wow. Rat Attack. And wow. I when I say that I think about their game at least once a month and how much I want to play it i'm not even and i mean the list the list goes on and on well cool. so even though i don't i don't necessarily have all the lingo and find skyrim too scary <laughs> i think i think i am a ga- i am a gamer you're a gamer and yeah just yeah i am a gamer you're there are gamer. many games but as an adult and by adult i mean post-university Mm-hmm. Predominantly, it's been Animal Crossing, Pokemon, The Sims, and Great. Zelda.
0: So you hesitated when you were like, "I am a gamer," and it took you a minute to kind of go, "Yes, no, that's me." Why do you feel like you wouldn't use that moniker for yourself? I think because
1: of the 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 people that I knew growing up who would call themselves gamers. Predominantly men Mm. who they ruin everything. They do. It's facts, but you know they would be very dismissive of the Sims is not gaming, Mm. and I'm like, or the Pokemon
0: is not gaming. Oh, because you're not shooting something.
1: Yeah, but that's exactly it. Like it wasn't Call of Duty or FIFA,
0: FIFA, (laughs) or here's a wanker.
1: What was that other one with the bottle caps? fallout fallout it wasn't fallout and it wasn't red dead both great games or it wasn't on a playstation 3 12 2 1 it's like oh because you're happy playing a 10 year old pokemon game on a game mm. boy color you're not really a gamer mm. and so i guess i never really it never really identified as a gamer i don't often say that i'm a gamer because i don't play very broadly even though i've just listed like
0: You've listed a lot of 30 games. 30 yeah, yeah.
1: And also because I don't, you know, like, because I don't have a setup and I don't keep up with any of it and I don't, I'm not super invested in getting the latest thing and I, I very rarely complete anything. I think for all those reasons, that's why it was sort of gate the the phrase gamer, and because I yep. don't now keep up with all the lingo or I'm like not rushing out to get Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm perfectly <laughs> happy paying a six-year-old game. Or a ten-year-old game. I don't have that FOMO, no. and I don't. You don't want to torture some Koroks? <laughs> like that's why there's that gatekeeping, and also, mm. I have many hobbies that I identify with more strongly, like reading, for example. I I don't have any qualms about being like I'm a reader. And so because my bursts of gaming are quite sporadic, sometimes I sort of forget that that means that it's, that, a, thing. That it's a thing that I like and that I am allowed to call myself a gamer.
0: Do you also f- fear that if you say I'm a gamer that someone's going to test you, you're going to have someone yes. leap on you and be like, "Okay, what's Mario's blood type?" Like that yes, kind of that Yeah.
1: Or or you know, like what do you play? And yeah. then they're gonna go, and then I'll say, "Well, I've play we played Animal this, Crossing, I play yeah.
0: Animal Crossing, and then they scoff at you. It's a little game, it's not a real game. When you suck my knob, just
1: what is wrong with? I mean, this is what we're gonna get into, I guess. Which yeah. is like, I don't
0: feel like you have to
1: burn koroks to have fun.
0: You don't. Have, you don't have to burn the koroks <laughs> to have a, a good, good time. time. Oh yeah. <laughs> But you, on the flip side,
1: are very confident to describe yourself as a gamer. Did that yes. take some getting to? Or is there is there some baggage that comes about? Do you wince a little bit when you say it? Or
0: yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, Do you study nightly
1: about Mario's blood type? <sighs> I,
0: I do. I often look into his genealogical background. It turns out he's descended from Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> 8-bit Marcus Aurelius. No. Yeah, I, w- I would describe myself as a gamer. I have... One gaming tattoo, which apparently is what it takes to qualify. I spoke to the, the council of elders, and that's what they said. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think the reason that I call myself a gamer is because it's one of the ways that I choose to relax. But I play one game to death. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a, a multi gamer like Skyrim. I played, Christ knows how many times. Fable two and three so many times. I put 150 hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes, like, did. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's Why has no one seen Sam for four months? Oh, but <laughs> because she's being a Viking. That's why. So, yeah, I do get very obsessive <laughs> ADHD about games. But I think the reason that I just feel comfortable... Well, I do feel comfortable and I don't feel comfortable saying it. Is I feel comfortable saying it in certain situations. If I am in a room full of gamer bros, by which I mean oh, uh, we're just going to play Fortnite and shit talk each other's mums, I probably wouldn't say it. Yeah. But if someone asks me what my hobbies and interests are, I will list gaming as one of my hobbies. Yeah. So it's all to do with setting. And I do think I am more hesitant to say it around men than I am yeah. women. Yeah,
1: I think that's a really good point. And I was thinking that one of the reasons that I'm hesitant to say it is because if someone asks me If I say I'm a reader and someone asks me what's a really good book you've read lately or what book are you really excited about or what's your favourite book or whatever, I have an immediate answer. I keep up to... Even though I read mostly backlist, I keep up to date with what's new. I I hear a lot about it. I listen to a lot about it. I'm not super interested in what's new and cool in Mm. the world of gaming. I have a vague interest in that, you know, I've heard of Stray, for example. Oh,
0: Stray looks so fun.
1: And it really does, but also looks really sad because Cat. sad cats, yeah, um, sad cats and robots. Uh, yeah. But also, like I, as I said earlier, I'm not rushing out to go get the, the latest game because I don't, I don't have that need, and I don't have that magpie feeling or hoardy dragon feeling that I do with books. So I feel less prepared to engage in a conversation about it. Yeah, because I think that it's less interesting possibly i don't think it actually is less interesting but i think that it could be perceived as less interesting in a conversational setting if someone goes what games do you play and i'm like mostly pokemon and zelda so i just feel less prepared i feel less of not an expert but i don't feel like i have authority to talk about it
0: fair enough Except on this well, podcast, apparently. Yeah, except when we put out this podcast for the world to hear. Do you think that there's less room for interpretation in games? Because considering a lot of games do tell a story, not every game, but a lot of games are very story-based, I'm thinking of things like The Last of Us, which is very story-driven. Do you, yeah, do you think there's less room for interpretation, and you think that's why there's less space for that conversation to happen? Or do you think it depends? I think it depends on the game, but, you know, a lot of games that I've talked about that you've
1: talked about Mm. that we will be talking about are Mm. quite open-ended but i do think that if you are if you were to say to a lot of people i don't i don't play the plot i just run around doing nothing
0: (laughs) i ignore the main quest and i go and pick flowers they'd be like what is wrong with you
1: Mm. unless you're talking
0: about animal crossing or something where there is no main plot and even yeah, then, well, no. The main plot is give Tom Nook all your money. <laughs> yes, but true. Lord, main, all the main plot is capitalism. Nook. Yeah, the main winner there is a raccoon who is actually Jeff Bezos in a raccoon suit. Actual facts, mm. I think.
1: Maybe not that there's less room for interpretation, but games, by their very nature, I think because there are fewer games in the world than books. That is true, <laughs> and I also think arguably fewer genres in games than books in many ways in 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 Mm, mainstream interesting like or at least categories not genres but categories and stuff then i think that maybe Mm. there's like there's a few games that people will buy in a year they're all and everyone's playing the same thing and or similar things like zelda like zelda and there is a right way to do it. Mm. Whereas there is not a right way to understand the plot of a book necessarily. And there are a lot of different books that you can read a year and books are cheaper and therefore you can buy
0: seven books for the
1: price of of one game, which means that you have more of a roulette and there's more chance and there's more comparison Mm. because of that. It's true. And also gaming is quite an introverted thing like you, you you're, you're spending a lot of one-on-one time with you in the plot depending
0: on how you play
1: game games in every realm even first person shooter games or whatever have more room for collaboration or playing with other people mm. and fuck that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting you brought up the, the playing with other people thing because i think certainly when you watch twitch streams or you know live streams of gaming yes there are very very good female gamers out there who take part in that and who who stream but the fraction of female streamers the fraction of female competitive co-op gamers is lower than men why why do you think that is
1: i think because a woman on the internet is open to more hostility and criticism mm. and a woman in what is considered a male dominated world is open to even more mm-hmm. hostility to criticism and especially oh and this is an ugly stereotype but stereotypes happen for a reason women who appear to engage in quote-unquote nerdy or hyper masculine realms so i'm looking at gaming and i'm looking at football seem like they're doing yeah. like all our weightlifting yeah again. are accused of doing it for clout and male gaze and all of that contends to quite a lot of can't be fucked mm. on a woman's behalf i would have thought
0: yeah agreed also working with other people when you're trying to enjoy a game is fucking shit <laughs> just do it my way yeah do you, wait, let's go over here and do this. No, I'm not here for you to tell me what to do. I'm here to do what I want to do. And if what I want to do is squat down and pick these flowers, I'm going to fucking do it. Leave me alone. If I am if I want to spend the half hour I have in this game making meals, then I'm going to. That's the thing. If you sit and read a book, no one's telling you what to do. I mean, granted, you could argue that the author is telling you what to do by guiding the plot, but you don't have someone shouting over your shoulder going, like, go to page 52, go to page 52. We need right. to go to page 52 now. Yeah. Whereas gaming is very like, if you game with other people unless you are the person leading that, it can be very dictatorial and bossy. And I think most women are sick of that. Yeah, I think well put. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Fuck that noise. But yeah, and it's, it's also because I feel like you have, to, as in so many other spaces, you have to try 400 times harder to prove yourself. And by prove yourself, be as good as the best player and still be called mediocre. And ultimately all of that, takes away from the fun
1: like it's yeah not, it's supposed it's not to fun. be fun it's not supposed to be work i'm not i'm not
0: playing zelda
1: for, for the performance review
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what i love kpis in my games mm, i'm playing it because i want to throw what are they called not hobgoblin the Bobber goblins. I want to throw a horn in with a berry and see what happens. That's all a- dubious food. Yes, yeah, dubious food is what happens. But that's part of the fun, yeah. and I don't want someone shouting over my shoulder being like, "Oh no, actually, you should have put some fish in there." Wouldn't yeah. you fuck off. Also, I play Animal
1: Crossing because I want a animated owl to be proud of me.
0: <laughs> that's why I do Duolingo. so <laughs> <laughs> Praise us owls. <laughs> Praise us owls. Yeah, no, agree. We've... So we've talked about various different kinds of games. We've talked about various different genres. We've talked about the kinds of games that we like to play. One of the kinds of games that is often associated with women playing games is the cosy game. What What is a cosy game? What would you describe it as? Low stakes, soothing graphics,
1: sometimes animal or task based rather than like plot like open-ended plot domestic yeah domestic or or natural wildernessy low yeah
0: low not low achievement but like which goes to live in a cabin in the woods yeah low
1: level achievements because i think that there are cozy games there's a game that my partner plays where you mountain bike down a hill But it's, like, really cute graphics and everything. And I would call that a cosy game. Because it's not, like, one of those ones where there's loads of trumpets blaring and stuff. It's just, like, you're on a mountain. You go down a hill. You try to go a bit faster. (laughs) It's nice. Life. Like, very gentle. Yeah. Low stakes. Not always the best graphics as well. Mm. Like, I think that there is less importance on both action, linear plot, and... Uh, sharpness of graphic realism of graphics i think it's much more about an aesthetic Mm. so that the aesthetics are not all the same but i think that a cozy game has its own defined aesthetic and that is that is important and that is not what is considered traditional like realistic good graphics you can have much broader ranges of graphics that are specifically not
0: realistic a bit more dreamscapey I think there's also not the same element of competition I think that's a really good point like competitiveness is a is not why I would associate with cozy games because the whole point is that you're playing it for yourself you're playing it at your own speed you're playing it to do the things that you want to do in the way that you want to do them and I think certainly with the online games or not the online games all games are online with the co-op games or with team games whatever there is competitiveness with with sports games like if you're playing a FIFA, an F1, yeah. a 2K, whatever, there is a competitive element. And mm. I think that in itself is not an element of a of a cosy game. Yeah, the only competition maybe is with yourself. Yeah, or with Tom Nook. to or see if who Nook. can get the best fucking turnip prices. You can. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah.
1: with the other Pokemon Masters.
0: Yes, that is <laughs> true, that is true, but it's also not very hard to... No, that's not true, but pokemon is 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 built i feel in such a way that is pokemon ever really difficult yeah but also i think original pokemon is only a cozy
1: game in the sense that it's nostalgic i mm. think pokemon the game the linear gameplay is not what you would consider a, a cozy game pokemon, mm, possibly yeah pokemon snap yeah yeah very fair is what you would consider a, a cozy game yeah because it's not life or death it's 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 doing a hobby in a fantasy world
0: mm True. But then what about something like Mario Kart, where it is competitive, but it's fun? Yeah. I would call that a
1: family game. A, a party game. Yeah. Party game. I think a cosy game has to have an element of solitude or isolation mm, yeah. or introversion in a way that like it does not rely on or is not greatly enhanced by playing with other people. So animal, sure. animal Crossing, you can go to other islands and you can you can trade stuff with your friends, but yep. you don't have
0: to. Here's a whale shark from my pocket. Yeah. Do you need one? <laughs> yeah! Like, you don't
1: yeah. have to in order to, to com- quote-unquote, complete the game yeah. or true. get the most out true. of the game. And I think that is true of, off the top of my head, most of what I would consider cosy games.
0: Within that, then, so would you include things like like strategy games, like Civ 6, or Theme Hospital is one that you mentioned, Zoo Tycoon, like those kind of... Would you think that would fit within the, the cosy game genre? Again, I only think that
1: Theme Hospital fits because it, of the nostalgia, and I mm. think that there is an asterisk on cosy games for nostalgia. But I actually don't think that you would class something like Theme Hospital... As a cozy game, a because it's probably the most stressful experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> That's again, there's
0: like a timer element, isn't there? There's like a kind of again, it's the clockness with yeah, with games like there's that. There's a lot of that, pressure. Yeah, so
1: I think it has to
0: be leisurely. It has to be at your pace.
1: That being said, though, I I do think that something like Zelda is in a strange place, a middle ground, because I don't think that it is marketed or is what I would. Mark it as a cosy game.
0: No, that's true. It's somewhere in the middle. But
1: I find a lot of cosiness in it. And I think Mm. that part of that is the openness of it. And the fact you can set the pace. Yeah, and the fact that you can set the pace. There is a plot. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit annoying if you don't do it. But you don't have to do it. Mm. And you do... But it does kind of make you stumble upon it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're just trying to explore. So... It's not... Zelda, even though, you know, we're clearly going to talk about it a lot at the moment because it's all that's in my head.
0: Yeah, and it's also everywhere because it's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah. I don't
1: think that it's... I don't think that it's a cosy game in the truest sense, but Zelda benefits from some of the key elements of cosy games. You know, it's got a natural world, it's got a particular aesthetic, it's got a lot of open world elements that you can do at your own pace. And it's got that asterisk that I mentioned about nostalgia that makes it additionally cosy to people who have grown up with Mm. Zelda.
0: Mm.
1: And I think over the last few years, when we literally weren't allowed to go outside, it also has an element of
0: we're outside. Yeah. Yeah, really good point. What about you? What
1: to you defines a cosy game?
0: I think, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd... Go with a lot of what you have said. I think cozy is something that is not stressful, there is no pressure, you can play at your own pace. I think also it's not. There's a cozy game the genre as, as kind of as marketed as, you know, something like Animal Crossing you would mark, or Cooking Mama, or Overcooked, or I don't know, any of these kind of fun, silly little games you could mark it as a cozy game. But I think there's also. Just because it's relaxing to one person doesn't mean it's relaxing to someone else. Relaxing might mean boring, like some people might find things relaxing by mm. going and shooting aliens in the face. Like it yeah. you can't relaxation is not the only identifier for a cozy game. So it it's very it's a very specific kind of way a game is put together, way a game plays. And for some people, open worlds are not a cozy game because they there's too much choice. People like to be given instructions and go here and do this quest now, and it's mm-hmm. like an open world can be can be very stressful. A, a pace that's set by you, yes, not even a slow pace, yes, I think is is a big cozy game identifier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a fan of a cozy game. Mm-hmm. I love a Stardew Valley. I love a an Animal Crossing. I love. Many of these small, slow games, but also sometimes you need something with a bit of bit of punch, bit of pace. I have yet to play Stardew Valley, and I think it's because I know
1: that I will lose myself to it. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, that was our brief overview. I say brief, probably very <laughs> long <laughs> overview of cozy games, what games we play, and kind of how we feel being a woman sits in the world of gaming. We're going to have a brief break, have a wee, Mm. and then after the break, we are going to talk a little bit more about cosy games and we're going to give you some recommendations for the top games we think you should be playing.
0: Yes! See you then. See you then. Bye! Bye. So we're back from the break. We've had a wee, and guess what? We are on the last glass of the wine. Kim, how are you finding the Fête du Flavour French Rose?
1: very drinkable still still sweeter than
0: what i normally would like
1: but yeah very drinkable the only thing i will say is there is a tartness to it Tart- like a, a citrusy yeah element.
0: and it builds
1: the more you have of it the warmer it gets gets a little bit tarter, and almost to the point that it might be considered sour but when it's chilled that citrus is quite refreshing and mm. actually
0: quite unusual yeah which i've really, i really enjoyed what about you yeah yeah you you've made some very eloquent points then my mine was going to be yeah nice wine <laughs> no it's good it's it's a drinkable razor. like you say i we are more of the dry drinker it's very summery would enjoy drinking this outside but sadly because we're recording we have to drink it inside in the dark so- think like i have to say i can
1: see this i can see drinking this in a summer fate with bunting and a Mm. white marquee or something so i do really feel like
0: love a bunt it's marketing is spot on speaking of marketing do you think that cozy games as this is the topic of our podcast today do you think that they are marketed more heavily at women slash children i'm gonna put children in there because i think some games have that crossover I think
1: Cozy Games are definitely marketed towards women. I don't actually think that they are marketed towards children. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a lot of that slightly complex control and domesticity that appeals to adults who have to live the rat race in a way that for children is considered boring. They want more excitement and achievement and stuff. The soothing element of... This is an easily achievable task and, oh, look, I've grown vegetables or whatever. It doesn't quite appeal to them. Mm, That's a very good point. And I think that Sims is a weird one now or SimCity or something along those lines because that gives that element of freedom Mm -hmm. and maybe slight taboo in some cases that the cosy games, in in the sense that we're talking about, the Animal Crossings and the Stardew Valleys don't. So that appeals slightly more to children because of that. And it's more colourful and a bit more wacky. Yeah. So I don't think that cosy games are even marketed towards children. I think that they I think all games to an extent are marketed towards children, to be perfectly Mm. honest with you.
0: Even 18 plus. Possibly more so than when we were younger.
1: Yeah. I think when you look at the, the, the platforms that they are marketed on, the areas that they are marketed in, and the price points and stuff like that, they are definitely marketed towards children. But I don't think in the room where they all sit around going, who is this going to appeal to? Mm. I think that the answer that they're coming up with is most of the time, millennials, millennial, zillennial women. Yeah. And, and casual I, gamers. Yeah. Quote, unquote, casual, casual gamers, quote, quote, quote,
0: yeah.
1: which is only casual because it's not shooting. <laughs> like genuinely, as we've discussed, I think that it is. I think that it is marketed towards us, and I think that there is an element of the the, the perfect domesticity about it, and the control. You can do this and be unbothered. Like, yeah. Let's give you a fantasy world in which you can just go about your day, and it's amazing to me that that is considered women's fantasy. Is women's fantasy is have a home in which you can make vegetables <laughs> and run around and park gardens and stuff and no one yells obscenities at you, or yeah. tells you to stop being so emotional.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's an alarming thing to tap into. Very good point.
1: I mean, I'm feeling very raw, so
0: apparently that's just <laughs> the mood that I'm in. But Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's... yeah. It what did. about
1: you? How do you feel about whether or not these games are marketed towards children and women, and what does that mean? And you have the marketing edge.
0: I have the marketing edge, and I have worked in in the games industry. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's, it's interesting the way these things are handled. So I think when games are marketed at children, it's less, unless they are specifically learning and development games, which the, of which there are many, a lot of games marketed at children, it can involve the sort of micro spend aspect. It's the, oh, well, you know, mom won't mind if I spend two quid on some gems to get this or, you know, to get, like, I feel like that element, particularly with mobile gaming, that element is much more, profitable i think for for companies than here spend 60 quid on one game and then just play that game to death which is much more the fit. you're 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 grinning why are you grinning i'm grimacing yeah because
1: you're absolutely right and it's horrifying
0: (laughs) yeah it's disgusting it's Mummy, I've got the iPad. Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Can I buy like? There's We're talking that... younger children here, and it's that I think that mentality, and I think there are there is a lot of that within. So this is something that I did learn working within the games industry: is that a lot of people, a lot of women who play games don't qualify as themselves, don't count themselves as gamers because they play on on their phone because they play casual games like on Facebook. You know, what was it Farmville? Remember Farmville. Farmville? Like that kind of thing. But I do think. Children are more commodified in a gaming world Mm -hmm. because there's this there's a there's a there are the games that parents might be like, No, you're not playing Call of Duty because you're going to be playing a 30 year old man calling you a noob, like or whatever. But there's this there's this other avenue where they play Coin Master or they play these these tiny micro spinning games that are ultimately more profitable than, than that. So, yeah, I think. Cozy games. I think you're right. I do think there's a there's a niche there for women of a certain age, our age, that potentially there wasn't there wasn't before because okay. we're one of the first. Well, not one of the first generations with our own expendable income, but we are one of the few who can spend on our hobbies as well as our household. I think.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's interesting when first... I th- when I think about what you were saying about how. You don't remember it being marketed to girls in the same way when you were a kid. And now it's marketed to our generation of uh, things. Like you say, because we have a, an expendable income, but also because we've proven ourselves to be market movers Yeah. in in reading. We talked about it in the Commodification of Feminism yeah. episode. Yeah. We we move units in music. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the, the leading artists and Sorry, stuff. We- this is the thing, like... We are the market, but the market itself has slowly, begrudgingly, diversified to traditionally male areas. But you've got these games that are marketed to women, but I don't know that any of them are made by or featured Yeah, could you name... No. I'm not to say can... there aren't out there, but the point is that we can't. I can't name game designers and stuff anyway, right. to be fair, fair. I can name studios, I couldn't name individuals. But when I have watched, and I have watched presentations of games or documentary or uh, or documentaries about games or or when i read the credits whenever the little dog sings his little song on animal crossing (laughs) are you quoting kk slider right now i am you know like it's still behind on actually championing female creators Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i think that i think that you make a really good point and obviously you have a a particular insight there which i think is really interesting slash horrifying but i also think maybe we should start paying more attention in the way that we have done on this podcast and in our lives to female creators in literature for female creators in music for female creators in film and television maybe we should start championing
0: female game female-led female games. games or female-led I, uh, you know i shamefully despite having worked you know i say i worked in the industry i worked in a very small fraction of the industry for a year and a half i could not name a female-led studio gaming studio yeah as i
1: say i couldn't name any individual creator no but i do think that there must be some out there that will be interesting
0: so speaking of female-led projects or games within the gaming industry, when you think of games with female protagonists, and I'm talking about like specifically story-based female protagonists, not here is an avatar that you can choose to ascribe a gender to, do you think there's more of a focus on putting women first in gaming, in the stories themselves and in the characters? Or not?
1: My gut instinct is to say no and that okay. might just be the games that I play but or the games that I'm aware of but I think that the first thought that I had when you started this point was Lara Croft yes the, the yeah, and the thing about Lara Croft is she's got boobs <laughs>
0: accidentally enhanced boobs and
1: then yeah. you've got the legend of Zelda in which you play Link
0: yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: And have only ever played Link. I don't know of many games where the female protagonist is the marketable part of it. Mm. That is also playable. That does also not hinge on tiddies.
0: It's yeah interesting i think that has changed you might yeah i'm assuming that you know more yeah i think that has changed a bit particularly with characters like aloy in horizon zero dawn horizon forbidden west with ellie in the last of us those are just a couple of examples and you know there's also so much differentiation now it's not just like you have male or female avatar you you can choose so much to customize the person yeah. that you're playing as, but those are the characters that I think of now with, with female gaming, with female-led games. Oh, Eivor in Assassin's Creed Valhalla is you can play as male or female and the story doesn't change. You can choose male or female partners when you like Cute. have a, like a relationship, which is really cool. I, I do think there's been more of a shift. Mm. I think it still lies in the story-led games, though. But also... I think there's a trickle down
1: and I think the trickle down is there's not a lot. And I've never really gotten over the fact that The Legend of Zelda is not um, about You don't get to play Zelda.
0: (laughs) Really annoys me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Very silly. Yeah. Let's take a hard pivot. Okay.
1: Let's stop with this negativity and shitting on games. (laughs) Let's talk about what is your greatest gaming achievement as a gamer? Ooh. As a
0: self-identifying Ooh. gamer,
1: Sam. What is
0: your top Top achievement? Gaming achievement. I'll uh, give you like I'll
1: give you a couple because I know that it's really hard. It's like picking a favourite book. Yeah.
0: I think it's It is really hard to pick. Generally, it's going to be to do with sort of completion. Mm. One of the top ones is going to be 100%ing Far Cry 5, which was, yeah, like... That's the really big one, isn't it? That's the one that's set in Montana, with the rednecks and the... Yeah. um, yeah. So I 100%ed that with all the achievements, or the, like, everything. And it's one of the only games I've ever done that with, so that was, like, a big kind of... Ah, And then this is a very basic one actually but I so we talked about Spyro at the beginning and when I was playing Spyro on the PS1 I was a butter wee baby gamer and never did never played all the all the games I only played one and three for some reason never played two and then Spyro Master came out on the on the PlayStation PS4 I think it came out on first and that was on the PS5 and again I 100%ed that the second time around but it was all three games and it was like fucking beautiful, satisfying moment. And I think just, you know, doing everything, and when you put in the time to, like, with those games, you're like, I'm going to go and get every weird little artifact, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go and talk to every NPC, and I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like, I'm a completionist, I love it, and yeah. because I play one game, religiously to death, I'm completionist. That's that's it. my stuff. I love it. How about you? Listeners, I just fell a little bit more in love with
1: Sam because watching someone talk about something that they're yeah. so into is one of my <laughs> favourite things. And that was very entertaining. I can think of two. I'm sure there are more, but I can think of two. One is which I was telling Sam in the break. I played the Hercules Disney game on the PC. You want to buy a yeah. And it was fucking hard and also excellent and amazing. And I loved yeah. it. But my sister and I could never get past like a specific... And so I hadn't played it for years. And then very academically responsibly in my third year of <laughs> university... And I was supposed to be revising for my third year exams. <laughs> and what I actually did was complete Hercules. Yes! And I have never been more... Like, I'm so fucking proud. And the other one is, it's less it's less of a specific achievement and more just, like, a thing about me is I'm really good at The Sims.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I say I'm really good at The Sims, I mean I play without cheats. I don't use Rosebud. I don't get the money. I'm really good at starting with and budgeting, and getting to the top, and and, and and fulfilling
0: the skills, and managing my time. I'm really efficient at The Sims, and... <laughs> that is the most you thing I think you've ever said. I can see the appeal of that, but also... Ah, the high. The mm. achievement high. So, to finish off the episode this week, what are the, let's say, up to three games on any console, from any sort of gaming period, that you would say if you want a great gaming experience as a, either as a woman or as you know any gender or whatever what are the three games that you would say you have to play this game hmm. from your experience so the
1: first one that
0: i'm going to say
1: is the aladdin pc game which was from <laughs> the 90s i believe where you play aladdin like it's just a really. It's kind of like Prince of Persia knockoff, but mm-hmm. but like if you're a, if you're a fan of the film for a start, mm. like it's really engaging. Levels are different and exciting, and and it's hard, and and I really want to go back to it. Fair. And I just yeah, I think it's one of the best games that I've ever had the pleasure of playing. Your first choice,
0: nice Skyrim it's going to be Skyrim because if you are someone who loves, you know, a distinct leveling process, if you're someone who, who craves that, that progression, then it works for that. But also if you're someone like me who's like, you know what, I've 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 done Helgen, I've seen the dragon. Now I'm just going to go over here and see what the fuck happens. Like, it's really good for that. And I hated Skyrim when I first started playing it because I started playing it after I played Fable. And then I got really into it and put God knows how many hours of my life into it. And it's different every time. Yes, you have the same quests, but they don't always come up in the same order. You can choose as different factions. Like, yeah, Skyrim is, if you... If you want, yes, occasional bit of combat, but you're not there to just shoot aliens in the face. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Chef's kiss. What's your number two? Or slash second one, because it's not in order. My second game that
1: I will mention, an oldie but a goodie. Mm.
0: This is my
1: favourite Pokemon game. We were just discussing it during the break. Pokemon Crystal. And that was the... It was the yellow of the second generation Pokemon. Yeah. And the reason that it was my favourite is... A, it was the first one that you could play as a girl. Which felt very important to me. But also... It's a really pretty cartridge <laughs> But also it had the second 150 Pokemon. It had the two worlds. And you could go back to the first world. Which you can't do in later games. Which I find really irritating. And has a really cool like, train and stuff. And so you had the, the 300 Pokemon. Which in my opinion is the authentic pokemon don't don't at me heroes in the first <laughs> episode of pokemon i will fight you on it pokemon snap honorable
0: mention what about you? What's your second my mention? T- my number two. My second mention, again, going back to the sort of nostalgia thing, it is going to have to be Spyro. Spyro specifically, Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon. But it was one where you got more... Like, your jump and your glide would get you further. There was more variety in, in the levels. It was just... It was a bit more challenging than the other two. And, yes... It's a children's game, but you know what? That's fucking fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. Sometimes that's what you need, and I love it, and I will still replay it over and over again to this day. And your third. This is really hard. It is really hard. Because I'm
1: choosing I feel like I'm choosing between two babies. Okay. Because I'm trying to choose a more recent one. Okay. I.e. one of the two games that I've played in the last two years. Animal
0: Crossing or zelda yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think despite the fact that I'm deep in my zelda prang Mm. i would rather tell people to play animal crossing because i think animal crossing did more for my anxiety this is very Mm. emotional for a game but actually this is my point is is that gaming is as much has as much value to your well-being and mental health and enjoyment as as any other hobby animal crossing did more for my anxiety than a lot of other things it's so enjoyable it's so affirming i think that's the thing it's like it's it's an it's an inherently positive thing where everyone is nice to you and everything is nice and it really gets you engaging with things in a weird way like it it makes you think about the natural world in a strange way like what what bugs can i see what birds can i see what can i do that's weirdly really true, it's, yeah.
0: It's, it, I know, and it, it you don't think it should be, but it really is. Yeah. What about you? It's really hard. Number, th- number three is really hard because, I, you know, the more we've been talking about this, the more I've thought about the different great games i played on different consoles over the years. So it's really, really hard to, you know, just simmer this down to three games as we talked about. But if you had to push me for a game that, I think everybody should play, I'm going to go with Fable 2, which is originally an Xbox 360 game, I think. The original was Xbox, just Xbox, and then it was Xbox 360, which I started playing at uni on my housemate's 360 It's so good. It has so much good voice acting in it. It's RPG brilliance. It's a British studio. Yeah, I fucking love it. So yeah, Fable 2. Amazing. Uh, And on that note. Yeah. So I don't think we should rate any games, you know, out of our usual Great culture 5 because we've talked about so many tonight. We've also, I think, I really feel like we've barely scraped what we have played, which is another reason I think we should be comfortable Establishing ourselves as gamers because we yeah. played a fuck ton of things I in think so. I think 30 years of our lives. Yeah,
1: I think if we could just take one thing away from this, it's that as women, I feel like, and certainly as women of our age, we're maybe not encouraged to claim the gamer name unless we are self-identifying super nerds or whatever and playing every night and indeed, playing yeah. every night and actually i think what we should take away from this is that gaming is really for everyone mm-hmm. and gaming can be really beneficial and you don't have to shoot people or burn koroks to be a gamer so take i rate fun. gaming really really fucking high being a woman in gaming the higher we rate it the more we do it the more True we can reclaim it that. and let's take away from this that we will commit to start championing championing Female-led and female-created games. Cheers, cheers. One thing we do have to rate, though, is the wine, the Fête the, de Flavere, the Fête de Flavere, Touraine Rose, Touraine, Touraine, rosé from the Loire Valley. Which is... which is, I can't remember exactly what I spent on it, but it was around the seven pound
0: fifty mark. I was going to say it's under a tenner. That that's yeah. a that's a less than a tenner bottle. It was it was fine. It was it was a very. If I want a rose, that's not the rose I want. Uh, or I want something like it's I want something that's so far in either direction. I mean not that I've ever wanted a really sweet rose. It was better than the wine we had on the last episode, which was very nothing. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a three on that basis, but I won't remember this wine. No. How about you?
1: I think that's a really good point. This is the far end of the sweet spectrum for me. Like mm. this is This is a sweet <gasps> thing. Yeah. But it was like you say, it wasn't it was forgettable in a way that made it inoffensive Hmm. which actually for rosé is a feat in amongst itself because the thing with bad rosé is you fucking know it and then you look at it from afar or you get a whiff of it (laughs) on the street and you're practically (gasps) leaving like yeah yeah whereas this is not that this doesn't feel like anything that i'm gonna hate or regret so i i'm also gonna go with three because i think it's just a really good all-rounder i think if you're having a summer party you could go worse than this
0: so if you would like to follow us on social media you can do so on instagram at grape culture podcast you can do it on twitter at grape culture pod you can go to our website which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk and don't forget to come back in two weeks time and we will have a brand new episode we might have sobered up by then who knows but thank you for listening